yo, what is up, guys? Welcome back to a brand new episode of Bringing Grace to the Nation's Podcast. I'm your host, Victor, and I am so excited for this episode for many reasons, one of which is that I am officially recording this on my new computer. So I'm going to need you guys to forgive me. I'm getting used to Windows, as weird as it sounds, a long time ago. Just a little story about me. I used to be anti-Mac heavy. Like, I used to hate Mac. I used to hate Apple. I used to hate everything Apple. I was a streamer. I was a YouTuber. I absolutely loved Windows. It was like, Windows was like the the thing. It, it, nothing could beat Windows. And what happened was, is I, I broke one day and got an iPhone and thus started the entrapment in the Apple economy or in the Apple ecosystem. And so... I have officially now broken out of it, gotten a new computer, and I am in love with this thing. So, hopefully you guys don't hear it. I have a pretty loud graphics card, but I think we should be good for for this and I'm going to practice editing. I've never recorded. I always record in GarageBand. So, I'm going to practice recording on Adobe Audition. I always edit in Audition, but I never really record in Audition. So, you know, we're going to give this a shot and I hope it works. But I am super excited for today's episode and it's just going to kind of be off the top. Like, I'm just going to be kind of spitballing because this is something that I really just thought of. Um, and it, it's not even my thought. It, it, it's a sermon that I heard a few weeks ago that really caught my eye. And I figured that it was important enough to talk about on the podcast because I think that this idea plagues uh, our our cultural Christianity. When I say cultural Christianity, I'm not talking about people who proclaim to be Christians or profess Christianity and, and aren't actually believers. I am talking about people who are genuine believers that fall into this trap. Um, and so... I am going to I'm going to focus in on this. So the sermon that I heard a while ago was by actually my associate campus pastor whose name is Rich and he he preached on uh, basically on dying to self and it was an absolutely fantastic sermon and he had this line in that sermon that that kind of caught it kind of caught my ear and and it it really it, it made me think about my own my, my own life. It made me reflect back on how I live and how I think of Jesus. And of course, that's what good sermons do. But the line was something, something along the lines of, do you have a biblical view of Jesus or do you have a near the Bible view of Jesus? And that, that caught me. I was like, well, what does that, what does that mean? And he began to explain what a near the Bible Jesus was. And, and a lot of, of our near the Bible Jesus is, or I don't know how you would make that plural, but a lot of our perception of what a near the Bible Jesus would be, would be something like, like come as you are, or like things that sound very biblical, but aren't actually found in the Bible. And so, like, from the reform side, a lot of times we'll hear uh, pastors and theologians say that God demands holiness. And, and there's books on how God demands righteousness and demands holiness. And how are we supposed to live up to that to that level of, of you know, being demanded to be holy? Um, and, of course, you know, the answer to that is by Jesus and his blood. And um, we're made holy by that. And, and so, you know, you'll get that side of things demanded to be holy. That's a lot of what the reformers or reformed people will say. 
and then on, on not on the non-reform side, but kind of more on the um, Christian, more you know, non-reformed, non-Calvinistic side. Not not like as far as Pentecostal or or um, kind of like that liberal theology, but but kind of somewhere in the middle. A lot of people will say these lines like uh, Jesus hates the sin but loves the sinner. Or um, things like, I don't know, uh, you know, come as you are, even though I, I, you know, although it's not found in the Bible, like some of those things are true. Like, I do believe that Jesus hates the sin and loves the sinner. I think to say that Jesus hates the sin and the sinner is stupid. And it's something that these reformed theologians have have tried to um, have tried to pin to, to make it sound catchy. So that you catch your ear. It's click. It's theological clickbait. That's uh, that's what I'll call it. Jesus hates the sin, and the sinner is theological clickbait. And a lot of these issues within theology and politics, and you know, it's everywhere, is a lack of definition of terms. Reformed people will define terms one way, and then non-reformed people will define terms another way. Now, if you know me, I am reformed, and I kind of diss on reformed people a lot. Yes, because they annoy me. A lot of reformed people annoy me, and non-reformed people annoy me as well. But but to say that God hates the sin and the sinner is something that is pulled out of Psalms, out of context from non-theological literature. Like like Psalms is great, but if we derive our theology only from Psalms, we will be deriving our theology from a genre that that wasn't necessarily pinned to derive straight literal theology from. And so a lot of times in Psalms, you'll read like God hates those who sin or God hates those who do evil. And a more accurate and and actually my buddy Cameron uh, talked a little bit about this in a sermon that he wrote. Props to Cameron. I don't know if you're listening, but but what he talked about was how when when God is talking about hating people or hating things in the Old Testament, he's not talking about the person who's made in the image of God. He's talking about the sin that dwells within that person. And I think that comes to light, especially in the New Covenant and in the New Testament. Like, we never see God saying that he hates this nation or hates this people or or um, or, or anything like that. It's always that God hates the heart behind that. Don't be conformed to the ways of this world. Right? It's always pointing back to the deeper issue, which is sin. Not the person that's made in the image of God. If God hated his own creation, then Jesus would not have been necessary. If God hated the people who were made in his image, then the new covenant would not have been needed. Just let us all die and go to hell. That's, that's, but, but literally what God has done for us is the complete opposite of hate. He sent his son to die for us, to live the life that we couldn't live, take the penalty of sin that we should have taken, and then to be raised again on the third day, to, to sit at the right hand of the Father, to advocate for us on our behalf. That's not hate. That is love, my friends. And so, just to get on a tangent real quick, I'm sorry, but what will happen is, is a lot of these, these terms will be near the Bible, but won't actually be derived from the Bible. And so I just want to do a quick challenge. Like where in your life are you coming up with these like these things? And, and a lot of times it, it will be 
uh, people who, who are just really encapsulated by Jesus. And that's awesome. Like Christianity revolves around Jesus, like Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. He was the sacrifice who clothed us. Yes. And amen. But a lot of time what people will do is just be like, well, Jesus loves me for who I am. Or, or Jesus, Jesus says that, that I can come as you are. So I'm, I'm going to stay the same. Or, or Jesus, Jesus, Jesus loves me and I don't have to do anything. And, and yes, it's true. Jesus loves you, but guys, Christ's love demands a response. It, it, It demands a change. Like if we've truly been transformed by the love of God, then come as you are and stay as you are, stay as you are no longer exists. I mean, read Romans 12. Do not be conformed to the ways of this earth, right? Be a living sacrifice. And so I think what what plagues a lot of our Christianity is this near the Bible Jesus. And so if there's anything in your life that that little sayings that you've heard um, you know, quotes on t-shirts or coffee mugs or, you know, little hipster Bible books that you read. I'm not dissing on them. I'm just saying that a lot of them are kind of crazy. If you're, if you're, if you're, if you find yourself saying those things, then maybe it's time to go into the Bible. And, and yes, maybe 100% they are true and they are good and they are, they are fantastic. That's awesome. Like, seriously, amazing. But maybe that's not the case. Maybe maybe you're saying things or you're believing things about Jesus that, that are not found in the Bible, but they sound good. And I think that's, that's what cultural Christianity thrives off of. It doesn't thrive off scripture. It doesn't thrive off the church. It thrives off of trendy hipster sayings that, that get implanted into our hearts and those things begin to drive what we believe is true. And when we begin to allow those things to drive what we believe is true instead of the Bible or instead of our instead of the Bible first and foremost, but then instead of our pastor and instead of our church and instead of our community and instead of our small group and instead of our accountability partners, when we begin to believe these these little sayings as 100% true, then, then our source of truth is no longer scripture. It's whatever, you know, perceived God that we want to create in our head. And, and this isn't just a religion problem. This is a culture problem. This is a people problem. Let's get even a, a layer under that. It is a sin problem. Look at politics. I can't go 10 minutes on Facebook. No, no, I can't go a minute on Facebook without seeing some picture of Hillary Clinton or Donald Trump or whoever you want to put in the picture with some quote that they said that was taken 100% out of context or some graph that was pulled from some crazy website that has incorrect statistics. And then these things go viral and then they start arguments and now the divide is getting bigger. And it happens in politics, it happens in religion, and it's not, it's not a people or it's not a cultural problem, like I said earlier. I'm gonna correct myself. It is a sin issue. People thrive on being right. People thrive unhealthily on getting that share on Facebook because of, of a quote they said. 
Christians, seminary students, I'm guilty of it. A lot of times we'll post a quote from a book on Facebook, not because it's a great quote, because we know it'll get a bunch of likes. We'll, we'll share that picture or that, um, you know, that, that meme of, of our pastor with a nice quote on it from the sermon the other day. And we won't post it in, in hopes of, of proclaiming truth. We'll post it in hopes of, of getting comments and likes. And I think all of these things revolve around the fact that we unfortunately have a very near-the-Bible Jesus. We believe in a Jesus that is close to Scripture. But a Jesus that is outside of Scripture is no Jesus at all. And so this week I want to challenge you. Examine your life. Search the scriptures. Find where I just had a text. I'm sorry about that. Search the scriptures. Find where maybe your view of Jesus has stepped right outside. And guys, I think we're all guilty of this. I am guilty of this in many areas of my life, and you are guilty of this many areas in your life. This does not mean that that you are not a believer because you have some misconception of Jesus. God's grace covers that. God's belief is enough, right, for you. Like, if you love Jesus, if you love him with all your heart, then then you are with him. If you believe, like Romans, what, 10, 9? I think it is, or 9.10, I think it, it's Romans 10.9, says something along the lines of, if you confess with your mouth that, that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that, that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. It's okay that your theology isn't perfect. No one's theology ever will be. But I want to encourage you and that people who genuinely love Jesus genuinely desire to grow in their knowledge for him naturally desire to to experience his love more desire to see his grace go out to all people and so this week find where you have a near the bible jesus see if it matches with what the bible says jesus is and if it does awesome proclaim that truth to the ends of the earth but if it's not if, if it's a near the Bible Jesus and it's not backed up in scripture, if, if, if you're believing that you need to stay as you are or you, or you, or you can't change or you're, or you're dealing with some sin and you just don't feel like you need to give it up, then friend, your picture of Jesus is no Jesus at all. And, and you need to repent um, I think I think a lot of this is is beginning to revolve around the LGBTQ community, and I'm not going to get too too much into this area because, just to be honest with you, I'm not that educated in this area. But I will say that that if you are str- if you are in a position where you support the LGBTQ community um, and invite them into the church, or maybe you are in the LGBTQ community, God is calling you to change. That's what Christ does, and it's not just for the LGBTQ community or whatever the letters are now. It is for everyone who is a sinner. Being gay doesn't send you to hell, just like being straight doesn't send you to heaven. Get that in your mind, conservative Christian. 
being gay does not send you to hell, just like being straight doesn't send you to heaven. But that doesn't mean there's a cost to, to, to following Christ. That doesn't mean that you don't have to give up your sinful ways because it is, you do. And it's hard. Trust me. I know it's difficult. It's a battle that you have to fight every day. And thank goodness you have God on your side to give you the strength to fight it. So guys, I hope you enjoyed today's podcast. My computer is getting a little loud, so I hope you don't hear like that background noise in the podcast. We will see. But guys, thank you so much for your support, for your love. I am so excited to see what these next few weeks of podcasting hold. And we are getting close to season four. We're getting close to three full years of podcasting. That's insane. That is crazy. I can't even, man, it is insane that this October will be three years of podcasting. That's awesome. That's crazy. I'm excited. Guys, I say this every week and I mean it more and more. You are beautiful and you are one of a kind. Until next time, take care and God bless.